I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to episode 22 of the AI Comic Pod. Uh, this week, uh, as promised, we are covering Suicide Squad, well, previewing Suicide Squad. Um, I'm delighted, as always, to be joined by Stu Bridson. How are you, mate? I'm good, and you don't need to lie, you are not delighted at all. I'm absolutely overwhelmed with happiness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also joining us, uh, one of our regular contributors, a guy we've only had a once, much to our uh, dismay. It's Marco Lopez. How are you doing, mate? On once? No, I've been on twice. Shit. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great start. Sorry, I thought it was K. I got confused. <laughs> See, it's oh, no, easy done. That again. And you know what? <laughs> we, we've actually got an extra guest today. I'll, I'll give myself. All right, I'll give myself a slight excuse. I wasn't on the other pod that you were on. Just, just, just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> rubbish. Excuse. You were, of course. Well, it's an excuse. You, you were, you were on Batman versus Superman, of course, and we talked about The Walking Dead previously, which we really do need to revisit. Um, so we will. In a few weeks, hopefully, cover that because, yes. yeah, big, big, big season ahead for for the Walking Dead. So, so yeah, tonight we're talking Suicide Squad. So, well, we've been quite excited about this since maybe not trailer one for me, but certainly, certainly when we talked about the previews for this year, I think me and Stu quite clearly mentioned this could be the kind of surprise hit. Just you know, for a few reasons, really. The main one amongst others it's obviously it's a slightly different concept uh it's certainly a different style of film uh, appeal to a different audience uh, but also it's a release you know it's an august release and it's not surrounded by any other blockbusters let's be honest at the minute it's it's been quite a quite a few weeks of cinema so um this might come in and kick things off a little bit and you know i'm not sure quite the target audience um, I'm not sure if it's for the school holiday or not, but um, it's certainly a big time for a release. So, Stu, any kind of initial thoughts when you watch maybe the trailers or, you know, early anticipation? 
Um, when when it was first announced, I was I was a little bit apprehensive because I did sort of think along the lines of what you just said. Well, well, who's the target audience? Because it, it, it seems a little bit sort of off center for the for the casual audience. Because a lot of people will probably be familiar with with Harley Quinn from uh, the animated series, and and people might be familiar with Deadshot from Arrow. I can't think that many people are going to be overly familiar with the likes of um, of El Diablo. Seems a bit of a weird one, and, and Captain yes. Boomerang is always a little bit of... I've always thought he's kind of a goofy character. But since the trailer started coming out, it, I remember you and I talking about it a while ago. We did say it looks like it heavily relies on the star power of, of Will Smith and Margot Robbie, and that that isn't necessarily a bad thing but it does actually look like it's a pretty balanced cast. The rest of them all do seem to have really, really stood up and, and made themselves known. So I'm, I'm, I'd agree. Uh, yeah, no, I'd really agree with that. I think the third trailer is kind of... Um, I don't know if Marco's one that doesn't watch trailers, but... Um, it's I'm, either Marco or Kay, it's one of them. I know you love these trailers. I've only winded you up. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's it, for me the third trailer does does give it a little bit more of an idea that more balance will be given to the characters rather than it being just a maybe Harley and Joker Batman story, which is good because I think we want we want balance, we want all the guys to get some screen time, and, and I think they've all got things to offer. Marco, any kind of initial thoughts? When I was thinking about the, the movies this year, um, I was intrigued by Deadpool. I was obviously expecting big things from Civil War. I was excited about Batman vs. Superman. But the one that had me going ex- like well and truly beyond was this one for a few reasons. Uh, the one is being, being a Batman fan, um, I've always enjoyed Batman's Rogue Gallery. I think he's got probably the best one there is out there in comics. Um, and there's so many of these guys in this film. And, and, and the thing is, unlike, unlike a lot of the other superhero films that you sort of come across, we've had the ensemble of the Avengers. You can see that uh, the Justice League is clearly going to do uh, a very similar thing. But I really cannot think of any movies except maybe like, um, and, and I've seen Suicide Squad described like this, almost like this uh, weird alternate modern, modern uh, uh, punk version of the Dirty Dozen. And, 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 and I just, I love the idea. I, I, when I first came across it, because unfortunately I hadn't been familiar with the Suicide Squad comics. So, uh, coming across this was, was really, really awesome. And then look, the Joker is easily one of my favorite villains. Uh, I, I was one of the few people who, when I heard about the Jared Leto depiction, wasn't too uncomfortable with it. And the more I've seen the trailers, the more I'm, I'm getting really, really excited. And then by the time the first trailer landed, my, my, my wife was creeped out. I was, I was sold. I was absolutely sold. Um, the trailer with Bohemian Rhapsody going just, I, I think, I think I've watched that trailer about a hundred times. Um, and then the Ballroom Blitz trailer is just also probably another hundred times. Um, there, there's so many things to like. I'm, the, the only concern I've got is I'm soaking myself well too high for this film. And it better not disappoint me. At this point. Yeah, I know what you mean, man. I think this latest trailer has done the same with me because I, I, ever since this one was released, and I think you're right, the music is certainly attributed to that. I think the music just sets it off really well on these trailers. But I'm just, I'm just really excited about seeing it. I, I you know, I would say that 
Stu is the king of hype, and for once, he's not been that heavy on on Suicide Squad. I think I know you're well. You are a DC fanboy as well as a Marvel fanboy, but but yeah, not not too much. I would say, and I think we'll go into detail on the Joker. I would say the third trailer in particular has made me quite excited about seeing his portrayal, which which I didn't think I would be um, because. I don't know. I, I just, I thought it was overacted on the first initial kind of ideas of it and the way he looked. But actually, if you tie it in with the games and maybe some of the old cartoons and stuff, it's kind of depicting of a, a Joker that I always enjoyed. So I'm quite excited, really. Um, I'm not. Not at all. You're not? No, Go on. Lay it on us. No, I just think, I, I've said said before that I don't like characters being done to death like it's one of my major reasons for not liking superman the joker has been done to perfection anyone who tries to do it afterwards is going to fail compared to heath ledger but even if you put that to one side i don't think he looks good i don't like the way they've changed him i don't like the tattoos i don't like the way he speaks because he sounds like he's got false teeth in it's like he's playing the joker's granddad or something or the joker's really creepy uncle but i can see why they've put him in because they obviously want to do a Harley origin story and they physically can't do her origin story without the Joker. But I I just don't like the direction that they've taken him. It's almost as though they've gone, right, you had Jack Nichols, Nicholas Nicholson, I'm getting confused, the (laughs) non-golfer in Batman. (laughs) He was very good. Then you've got Heath Ledger, outstanding. It's as if they've gone, right, well, if we try and redo it and make it look like that, we're just going to get panned. It's got to be so far away from Heath Ledger's Joker. So they've made him shirtless and covered in tattoos and blah, blah, blah. And he's the thing that I'm not looking forward to in the way I wasn't looking forward to Jesse Eisenberg in Batman versus Superman. He, I think I'm preemptively thinking he's going to be the weak link. I think the, the thing for me, and, and Jesse divides opinions in pretty much every film he's in anyway, um, I think Jared Leto does play the kind of surreal character quite well. I mean, he's known for it really in all his um, previous films, you know, Requiem for a Dream and uh, Dallas Flyers Club more recently. He does play straight a couple of times, but most of the time he plays quite, you know, outlandish characters. um, And he is a fantastic actor. He is. I I think that's the hope, isn't it? And, and, you know, I think I'll go on and talk about direction, but I think with Jesse... He was kind of on a beating, you know, a beating to nothing, really. He, no matter what he did in that film, I think he was going to be panned, especially when people talked about Brian Cranston, because it's like, you know, you know, perfect potential, Lex, and then compared to, to you know, uh, Jesse's depiction. And it's not Jesse's, it's the, it's the director's, isn't it, as much as anything else. So um, it's difficult. Marco, have you got a reprise? Because obviously you are keen to see how Jared performs in that role. Yeah, um, so I, I, well, while I totally agree and understand what Stu's saying about Heath Ledger's Joker, and I, and I still think it's, <clears throat> it, it needs to go down as one of the finest villain depictions in all of cinema, to be quite honest. I, I think it's one of the finest performances in cinema. I'll go as far yeah. as saying that. The, the, the thing is, right, the, the Joker is such a, a strong character in, in, in the same way. I, uh, like, for example, I don't think, I don't think too many people are, are complaining about how many, um, Batmans we've seen. Um, we've seen three pretty good ones, uh, or at least two two that are good and one that 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 is, is striking of potential to some extent. Now, 
with respect to the Joker because he's such a, a strong and interesting villain. I, I think what I like is I actually like the difference they've taken, and maybe it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Fair enough, but the thought I have here is Jack Nicholson was very much the gangster, the mobster, and 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 that worked. You had. Heath Ledger, who he wasn't necessarily psychopathic. He was more of this unhinged anarchist and, and then someone who just, he, he, he wanted to sort of test establishment and always be, uh, uh, heading in the direction you didn't expect. But Jared is probably the closest I've seen to the psychopath and, and, and the total psychotic, twisted and, and, and really sort of scary kind of, uh, uh, villain that, that, um, you know, in, in some respects of the media, like, for example, if I think of the Joker and the killing joke, I don't know if I picture Jack Nicholson as that guy or Heath Ledger as that guy. But Jared, possibly that depiction could be similar because the, the Joker and the killing joke, especially if you, if I mean, spoiler for those who, who, who have, have read the comic, I haven't read the comic, but if you think about what he does to uh, Commissioner Gordon in that book, you you kind of get a sense of I mean the, that for the, the Jared Leto depiction kind of feels a lot more consistent with a Joker who would pull a stunt like that. So I'm 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 intrigued enough to to to, to give it a shot. And also the thing is, but because I sort of like the character, I don't think there's the it Heath Ledger's depiction is so powerful and so brilliant that. At the end of the day, no one's ever going to really be able to compete with the enemy. And I think eventually people are just going to say, look, you know what? The guy unfortunately passed away. We were denied any future films with him. So we're just going to live with the fact that other people will inevitably play this character. And, um, you know, we're, we're just going to have to sort of deal with it in a way. So I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. I want to see what Jared can do. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same, really. It's... It's a case of, you know, a bit like Ben Affleck as, as, as Batman. I think there is scope for a, an actor of a certain caliber, albeit Stu didn't admit that until he saw Ben Affleck in Batman vs. Superman. Um, I stand by my stubbornness. Well, it's because you've not watched any of the bloody good films he's made, which is more recent anyway. You know, he's, he's directed like incredible films in the last few years and acted in incredible films so i think he's he's, said about daredevil yeah (laughs) Yeah, i think everyone's still someone asked us today as a a comic book perspective if they should watch that daredevil and we all obviously unanimously said no fucking way don't watch that horrible film but you know it still gets the odd shout now and again bless it um but it's it's a case of you know i suppose we could talk about batman but there is room for the right kind of actor to come in and do a role. And it is quite a bold, I, I think I was on Stu's kind of side of things until probably the most recent trailer. Um, even the laugh, for some reason, I think sounds quite effective. Um, do you think? Which, yeah, I know. Oh, like, I know I, I, it's like fingers down a chalkboard. I, I think that's kind of what I like about it, though. It's so kind of, I don't know, it's so kind of off-putting and, and you know, his ridiculous-looking sports car, which is, is bizarre. Um, it's also garish and bold and, and all that kind of thing. I think it'll just, I think it'll work, which, I, honestly, I didn't. And I was really put off initially by this, but the more and more I watched the trailer, I've not quite watched it a hundred times, which is quite impressive in its own <laughs> right, Marco. Um, but it's it's definitely got me... Yeah, you know, excited and interested to see. We can talk Batman because I didn't get to talk really. 
I, I talked on the preview, uh, Batman versus Superman, obviously didn't do the review, um, and saw that Ben Affleck did a, it did a really good job uh, in what was a very slightly different style of Batman, really. Um, I think you both agreed, Stu? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The Batman element, I, I originally, when I started reading like very, very advanced previews and, and prediction posts, really, Everyone was sort of saying it looks like it's only going to be, you know, a little bit of Batman. It looked like it was only going to be just the bit where he's on top of the car. But then they added in that bit where you see him jumping off the, the high platform, which looks like it's where he, he... It looks like he's potentially saving Harley and Quinzel rather than Harley Quinn. So it looks like Batman's going to be in it at least two or three times. So I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be a good maybe 10, 15 minutes of Batman. I was going to say, from what I've read, ten to fifteen minutes for Batman and about half an hour for Joker, which because is, he's not, yeah, not the sole villain. Yeah, yeah it, it's pretty fair, and they they did sort of do that very cleverly. In it, it's what we like, isn't it? We don't like it where trailer number one drops and straight away you know everything that's happening and everyone that's in it. First trailer, everyone thought, oh well, so it's the Suicide Squad versus the Joker. Well, that's going to be weird. Then everyone was going, oh well, it's the tattooed man. And the, the third trailer, the one that I watched this morning, uh, the, the very, very last one, considering it's out this week, it now looks as though the Enchantress becomes the villain. It looks as though what happens is she, she's possessed by um, the spirit of a witch, and it looks like at some point the witch sort of takes over her form, and she goes to like a whole new level of power or something. So I don't know whether it actually is the tattooed man. But they've avoided doing what Batman and Superman did, haven't they? They haven't come out and gone, right, Doomsday. You, you don't actually know 100% who they're fighting. You know there's a bit against the Joker, and it looks like there's a bit against the Enchantress, but, you, I mean, we don't even really know what the plot is, do we? It's that No, they, they I, you, I mean, you, you, you know the basics, place. but... You go into a bad place, and you're probably going to get killed, but you don't know where, you don't know what's going on, you don't know why they're going to get killed. And then as they go there, there's... There's something mystical is happening because there's that, that Ghostbusters moment, isn't there? There's the column of blue light and the circling rubbish. But we don't know who's causing that, what the hell's happening. And I like that. I like the fact that when I go to watch it, I've got no idea what's happening other than, you know, Argus gets this group of criminals together and sends them to a place to do a thing. Yeah. No, 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 exactly, man. And I think I'm not going to... Um, come on and, and slander Batman versus Superman because I actually quite enjoyed it and, and quite looking forward to watching the director's cut. As am I. Um, but I think the problem with that film, like you just talked about, and, and the, the main problem I always had with that film is that it was overly marketed. I mean, trailers were obviously shoved down your throat, but which they are in any film. There's, you know, I'm not getting away from that. But every every the marketing budget is, is obviously well known, and it was just in your face in all in all areas. Uh, you couldn't turn without seeing it, basically. And I think with this, it's obviously ramped up its marketing. Um, and there's obviously been quite a lot of trailers and footage in that regard. But it's been a little bit more subtle because, as you say, you know, if you watch trailer two and three, see, you see different elements of the Suicide Squad, yeah. you know, but it's, it's more probably what is the opening half an hour, give or take, of them maybe discussing how they got incarcerated due to Batman and their hatred towards Batman probably comes into it. Um, but, but mainly, you know, them getting locked up and them being proposed as an idea to be a, you know, to be a team that, you know, could, could go out and, you know, it, it says in the film about Superman 
if a Superman came and decided to destroy the the Earth, who have we got that could fight against it? So, yeah, it's it's quite an interesting depiction, but you only see mild elements of that, parts of the Joker, parts of Batman, but you don't see a, a whole lot. You know what I mean? So it's it's a good idea, and I just think it looks. It looks more innocent than anything else. It looks fun, man. You know, it, it Deadpool, Deadpool had that about it. It's it's a really fun film where you had a laugh. I mean, Deadpool is all comedy, really, with some action. But this this kind of looks like it obviously crosses a few different levels. And, and I think that's that's good for a cinema release. Sometimes you need to bring in those elements, which I think, you know, in fairness, certain films of, of this type often forget. So... Um, Marco, sorry, man. We 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 do what we always do. Um, so your take on Batman um, from like kind of comic origin and, and what your feelings are on on the kind of current Batman and where you think it'll fit in with the film? Yeah, a few points there. Wow. Uh, let me start with the first one that you've asked, Batman. Um, I think what's interesting about this one, the thing I'm looking forward to is. The fact that uh, uh, at least coverage or press coverage has teased the idea that it's going to be covered from the villain's perspective, which is also in itself quite interesting because um, I don't think we've all have, haven't really seen that. I mean, yes, you've had a couple of scenes, particularly in Batman Begins and, and to some extent in the beginning of BVS where uh, you sort of get this idea of Batman, you know, freaking out villains in, in, in the way that he sort of moves in the shadows. But uh there's almost a sense, at least that, that that's what I've heard anyway or read, that uh, now you're going to suddenly sort of see this very freakish uh, character for for these supervillains to deal with in, in, in respect of how imposing Batman actually is. I just want to quickly throw up two things, if I may, to respond to what you guys are saying. Uh, on, on on the trailer side, I think obviously you had to you had to profile the the squad as a whole, albeit not necessarily tease all the details i like the fact that they're focused on 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 uh, i mean what focusing on will smith is obvious because it's will smith uh focusing on the joker is obvious because it's the joker but i love the fact that harley quinn has come out and we, i'm assuming we're going to talk about it just now oh yeah um the from from a, from a bbs perspective i mean it's funny like in in total contrast um, if BVS had just not revealed Wonder Woman and Doomsday in their trailers, I think already that would have been, you know, 50% improvement on how the movie was re- received. But anyway, um, in respect to the villain, I, I don't know if you guys want to want to discuss it in more detail, but very quickly my thoughts on it. I don't. I, th- I think the Joker might not necessarily not be a villain per se, because if this is sort of like spiritually linked to. Uh, the very good DC animated feature called Assault in Arkham, which I highly recommend people to watch. Very good. Um, Joker is kind of a bit of a, an antagonist there because what's interesting about him in that film is he effectively becomes an interesting catalyst to sort of get Harley Quinn quite sidetracked. And I'm wondering if that's maybe a, a role he's going to play in this film as well. Um, I also don't know if I think – I don't think the real villain has been revealed yet. I, I, I've seen the Enchantress theories, but I have a strange feeling that you know, in, in keeping with the metahuman theme and all these uh, uh, larger threats, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow – and I'm hoping this is the case because then it would imply there's a bigger strategy to all these films. But I'm hoping that maybe there's some sort of a larger metahuman or, or, or even some sort of a mystical element – um, that that comes in in in, in respect to the villains, um, and and maybe maybe it isn't Trunks, maybe it isn't. But but anyway, that, that's my two cents in it. And obviously, 
once again, I I mean, it's not very hard to to ask for for me to get excited about any film with Batman in it. Ultimate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, the uh, the fourth yeah, guest on our podcast has, uh, has just decided he wants to make his thoughts. He's now. excited about Batman. He's, he's excited about Batman. He's, Let's he's so excited about Batman that he's just lost his shit and run out the room. <laughs> for, for anyone who doesn't follow me on, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, that was my beloved dog, Wilson, who was sitting in on this recording. And he couldn't. And if, you, if you followed him for at least five minutes, you'll have seen enough Wilson to yeah. last a lifetime. And Let's he, put it out there. And he, he can't hold his water anymore. I think he was really holding back for the Harley Quinn section, but he thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Yeah, so, it's, it's understandable. I mean, you know, I think Margot Robbie would make many men and canines weak at the knees. I was um, going to lick their own crotch, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, speaking of wow. wet crotches, why don't we move on to Harley Quinn? That seems like a perfect segue, doesn't it? Oh, man. Yeah. Um, One of the main yeah. things that, she, that she's been panned for, or that it's been panned for, is that they, they've deviated from what everyone now recognises as, as one of the sort of two or three major Harleys. You've got the, the actual Harlequin outfit that she wears on the animated yeah. series. Let's be honest. That would look. That would on, look like, fucking awful in this film. If you've got Deadshot there with you know all of his technology, he's got his laser thing on his eye, he's got his wrist-mounted guns. You've got a guy that can shoot fire from his hands. You've got Killer Croc, a fucking eight-foot crocodile, and then she turns up wearing a vinyl Harlequin suit. It's gonna look awful. And yes. I'm kind of glad that he didn't go for one of the Arkham looks where you had either the. The, the sort of the nurse look wouldn't have made sense because she was dressed up as the nurse because she was looking after the Joker. So yeah. I, I'm glad they went for something a little bit original. They've naturally been panned because yes, she's wearing tiny shorts, but that's what Harley's like. Harley is a very very open character, isn't he? You know, she she's not exactly shy. She's not. She's, she's an open sexually, you know, kind of deviancy type character. Do you know what I mean? She yeah, she, is she is known to be provocative and and that's the role she plays you know it's it's part and parcel of what gives her the kicks that she gets do you know what i mean harley is that that character by nature absolutely um, she she yeah. she's the she certainly looks from the trailers like she's going to be one of the big the catalysts for a lot of the humor because a lot of the other ones look quite dry captain boomerang looks like he spends the whole film drunk and trying to piss everyone off so that could work <laughs> yes. out to be very well uh, to 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 look very well, but it looks like Harley I sets love, up. I, I was going to say quickly, sorry, Boomerang. I love him in that one yeah. trailer. He's so funny. Oh my word! The the, the last when, when trailer. He's screaming at the beginning. Yeah. The the last trailer, and when he, he's winding up El Diablo, and he's going, "Oh, what?" So so you can play, you can make fire, can you? And then he gets out of his lighter and goes, "Ooh, fire!" Like, <laughs> Why would you do that to a guy that could turn you into a fucking marshmallow like that? So he he could be good. But I think she. I, th- I think he'd be that. good comic relief. But she, uh, you know, everyone thinks she'll probably steal the show. And I mean, it's, I'll be it's probably if she doesn't. I really will. Yeah. And, and off the back of this, I think there's going to be very, very, very strong links to a, a Harley solo film. They've already said that they do want to do it, but I think it's fair to say they want to see how she works on the big screen before they start. You know writing checks that they maybe can't cash in the future because if they say, oh, we're going to do a solo film and she seemed to be the weak link, then they've kind of just backed the wrong horse, haven't they? Yeah, I, I must admit, is she, is she the most famous 
comic book character never to be yeah. in a mainstream film. Oh, in, um, in like a main cinema film, like because she's not been depicted in any form, has she? she she's certainly up there. But the ma- the best thing about Harley is the fact that she was created on the animated series, and she is standing up there now alongside people who've been in comics since the forties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah, I get you in that regard. From, from yeah, the nineties, yeah. and and she's become a bit of a cult hero. So she's she's had quite a journey. I, I watched a good video about this, and it was talking about how. You know, she she went from being a well-respected psychologist to being the Joker's sidekick, but then she gets into a really dark place with the Joker where there's a lot of abuse. He's very, very mean to her. He's physically abusive. He's emotionally abusive. Whether he's sexually abusive, you just don't know because the Joker is an actual psychopath. And then she sort of gets herself out from underneath the Joker's thumb, which is what looks like has happened in by this point, doesn't it? It looks like she's no longer with Mr. J. She's got away from him. And then in the comics, and she sort of she goes on a bit of a bisexual um, phrase. She's she's very heavily linked with Poison Ivy, and I think she's a fascinating character. And I made up that they've put her in because she has got so much potential to go forward and and bring a lot of other peripheral characters in. If they were to take this and to do a Birds of Prey film, even if it was only animated, that would be huge for DC. You know, we've spoken in the past about the way Marvel are going with Black Panther, obviously a leading black man, and then uh, Captain Marvel, a leading female character. Imagine DC bringing in an entire superhero squad solely comprised of female superheroes. That would be, I think that would be absolutely amazing. Marco, I'll give you you the floor to talk, Harley. Well, I think what's awesome about it is that... Again, in in respect to the DC Rogue Gallery, is the fact that she, I think she's quite an interesting character, especially in the Arkham games. That's one of the things that sold me on her as well. Yeah, and, I agree. And I mean this this whole uh, visual depiction in the in the film, in terms of the outfit, it's 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 a, it's a little bit like Lollipop Chainsaw meets Harley from the Arkham games, and it is. And it now is you've got a. <laughs> And now you've got her running around with a baseball bat, and I mean, even then, she she looks, she she doesn't look like a pushover either. Um, I think what's what's awesome about it is because the the way she becomes Harley Quinn is actually quite an interesting and, and dark and twisted story. So you there's a lot of mileage in that, and 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 it's another one of those things where again, DC's got a lot of potential to to make good movies out of these very interesting and layered villains that they have. And the fact that you know Holly's a female, which is you know, the, the reality is that you just just don't get a lot of female characters being well developed or well represented in these universes generally is even better because um, I think the most one of the fascinating things about her forget about the fact that she's pretty and she uses all these other dynamics to sort of uh, get the better of people she's quite a twisted person and she's like got a very laissez-faire attitude and she's kind of you know she's She's unhinged, but in a, in in an oddly entertaining way, and 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 you kind of want to stick around and see what she does next, and 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 the hilarity of it must well for me anyway would be sort of to to put her up against. I mean, if 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 you have the Batman, and I know not everyone was sold in it, obviously, but if you have the Batman from BVS who was running around branding people and a little bit sort of. Uh, disillusioned and 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 then tired of 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 getting having been gotten the better of. And you've got him now having to make a choice about how he deals with someone like Harley Quinn. I mean, 
I, I don't expect Bruce Wayne to be the kind of person who's going to be sort of excessively violent with a female. That's just the way he is. So, and yet you've got Harley Quinn, who's quite twisted, but also quite cerebral. She's she's going to sort of play with your head, and and that's another thing that that, that I like about um, the depiction of her in in the, in the animated uh, feature as well, from from a Suicide Squad perspective. Because even in if if there's a, a, I would be quite keen to see if they if they do a similar thing like they did in that film, where Harley almost starts playing this weird little love triangle between herself deadshot and uh and the joker because uh and and, and she does use her, her her abilities to full effect in that film i so, yeah. i i yeah no, no i agree i think that the, the games can't be underplayed really because um the the batman series the trilogy of games or is it quadrilogy i don't know they, there was one that wasn't made by rocksteady anyway that, yeah, was, that in, was origin in the that. mix origins is like the ginger step child of the <laughs> arkham games we don't we don't like to acknowledge it yeah, so is it like Batman and Robin? Then is that? Oh what yeah, it, it's bat nipples. It's, it's bat nipples all the way. It's not that bad. Okay, um, Batman Forever. Are we going Batman Forever? It, it's mm. either of them. It's one of those. It's one of those yeah. things where yes, it exists, but you can't dignify it by like a, you wouldn't look directly at it. You'd look sort of past it, and you know, just pretend yeah. it's not there. No, but yeah, I, I think that. I, I think I, well, I think it shows with games though that that you know the producer obviously has a large part to play in it, so it, it certainly um, you know plays into the hands of the, the way the game's produced and developed. But those games are excellent, and you know they do tell a little bit of a story. I mean, I know Mark is huge uh, Walking Dead kind of game fan, and I think games do interlink well. You know, I think a Suicide Squad game would be incredible if they made it right do you know what i mean you know all those different characters to play and, and all their different abilities would be awesome but um harley's depicted really well in the in the games um that kind of that that voice that shrieky oh, kind of Tara excessive Tara yeah. voice is just you wouldn't think that she's harley quinn she's timmy turner and she's one of the powerpuff girls as well She's it's brilliant. incredible voice. She's it's got an, an incredible, incredible voice. voice. It really is. It's just got it, it's so recognisable, and I, I love her to pieces. I think she's absolutely brilliant. She's a little bit pigeonholed, but if all she yeah. did for the rest of her career now was appearances as Harley Quinn, I'd be completely happy with that. Yeah, I think the voice is the big thing with Harley that you think she's got to get right. I mean, she sounds very New York esque accent yeah. isn't it? in the trailers, from what you know I've seen. Um, and I think I think it'll work. I mean, she's she's obviously I think she'd be really well cast. We said that when we were talking about this start of the year, really, um, that we saw her and, and Will Smith in particular, the kind of standouts, uh, Jared Leto obviously and, and Ben Affleck if he was gonna appear, which I don't think was confirmed then. So there's obviously quite a high number of pretty pretty big cast members in this film. Will Smith in particular, you know, is, is A list. You know, unlike his wife, uh, which we uh, stripped, you know, in terms of her stature on Gotham when we were talking briefly last week about it, it's he he really is huge. I think we'll go to a quick break and then, yeah, we'll come back and talk about Will and, and what a big, what a big decision for his career. And I think him being involved is in this film. You're listening to the Anfield Index podcast channel. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay, we're back. So, yeah, we're just talking about Will Smith and his, his obviously decision to come into this film. You know, whether that then puts him in a franchise and whether now he's kind of, you know, within the kind of DC universe for a, for a, a bigger perspective or whether it's just this this film and that's that. Stu, any kind of ideas on Deadshot? Obviously, he's uh, been portrayed, portrayed quite well in Arrow as well, I must add. Yeah, he has. Oh, what's the guy's name that does him in Arrow? Michael something. And he, I'd be impressed if you got that, but yeah. Well, I could have just delayed that by saying Michael for an extra five seconds and wikipedia it, but I really don't want to. I don't want to deceive you like that, Rory. It's not fair. It's fine. But I, I, I hope he is. I hope he is being brought into the franchise, which he, he's not old by any means, but at 47, to be brought into a franchise like that, that's older than Robert Downey Jr. was when he was brought into the fold um, of Marvel. Yeah. So the only thing I would say is, for me, he's a Batman villain more than anything. I, I prefer him as a Batman villain. So it, it, I would be interested if they kept him around and they were able to put him in a future Batman film. He's pro- it probably wouldn't be the next Batman film that they're writing the script for now. I don't think so. I think they'll go... Well, I'm not sure. I think they'll go different villains for the next Batman film. I, I think, think they like they to will. mix it up. It, it looked... Well, I mean, whatever's going to happen there, it's been solely done now. By uh, by Ben Affleck, isn't it? Ben Affleck is sitting on top of the throne there, so he's going to decide, you know, what's happening. And you never know a strong performance in this. I mean, let's be honest; they've probably already seen it. They will have seen like oh god, yeah, yeah, this advanced is... screenings months ago, won't they? Before the the CGI and the the visual effects were done, but a good performance from the likes of Will Smith and Margot Robbie could see them sort of change their minds. They could think, well, hang on, even if it was only a, a passing thing in. You know, Harley's in Arkham or something, because it looks like the Batman film's going to centre around Arkham Asylum, which is fucking brilliant. But I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Deadshot himself to, to really, you know, say, oh, well, it'd be great if they did an adaptation of this storyline, or maybe Mr. Lopez can, can offer yeah, a Yeah, I'd line. say I don't see it like a Punisher character where there's enough of a 
backstory or, or whatever to make it work. I just think Will, as a prominent character, obviously, you know, used to comedic roles. I think he'll be a bit of light relief, but also, you know, offer some some other elements of his obviously stellar acting career. So, and he yeah, Mark You know, he, he, he's, sometimes he's, he's a bit maligned, isn't he? But you look at what he did with The Fresh Prince and what I mean, mine's just gone completely blank. The one he did with bloody Martin Lawrence. Bad, bad Boys. Bad Boys, yeah. You know, he, he, he has got really good comedy timing as well. So mix that with the fact that he is a genuine A-lister. And if he can bring that A-list game to him, then it's going to be a you know I would say a bit of a straight fight between him yeah. and Harley, but I think Harley's going to edge it. I think she's she's the more interesting character to me. She's got more more grit. Marco, the feel that I have for Deadshot and Will Smith. Uh, look, the funny thing about Deadshot, I mean, there's there's two depictions of him that I've been exposed to. The uh, the common thread between the two depictions is obviously this this character who is you know, a properly amazing marksman and almost a little bit showy about it and, and, and a little bit arrogant about the fact that he can sort of take you down from a distance and, and is really, really good with his guns. The the one thing is, I suppose, a bit of a difference, and, and I'm wondering if uh, I'd like them to explore this because I think Will Smith could actually portray this really well, is that typically Deadshot's sort of been sitting in a in, in, in a weird moral space. So you could have, for example, this idea of, um, him as the assassin for hire and how he justifies killing people for money and and that and, and, and there's sort of a moral quandary in that. But then on the other hand, you've got the fact that Deadshot does have uh, a, a little it's – not, it's not Punisher uh, uh, similar, but it's certainly Punisher-esque in the sense that he's got a little bit of a tragic past. So – and 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 I'm I'd be quite curious about you know how he sort of reconciles that um, against being being a villain in, in in the sense that he has a family. I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's even um, uh, depictions of him where where he's still got a little girl that he's that, that he's trying to do right by. So uh, there was that, there, think, there was something in the the early footage yeah. that came out uh, where he was. He was out, sort of. He was dressed like a seventies pimp or something, wasn't he, with a big massive yeah. hat on, and he was out walking with a kid. Yeah, and and, and I mean that that could be quite interesting, especially for someone like Will Smith to play, because I think Will would would actually be be well suited to that. And and even though, fair enough, I mean, I, I totally expect Holly Quinn to steal this movie, and and she should, because I think uh, between Margot Robbie's talents and 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 the character, there's it's all set up for it. I think Will Smith could. Is, is is sort of in this in the phase of his career where he can he can definitely do with uh, uh, not not necessarily a side role but a role that that is not necessarily front and center but is executed as long as it's written really well it's executed to to, to perfection because I think people have forgotten just how good this guy is because I think it's it's it, it's funny you, you guys are talking about the comedic roles but but then I think about how he brought some 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 seriousness to Hancock or. Some really like deep drama in 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 Seven Pounds or the Pursuit of Ali, uh, Pursuit of Happiness, excuse me, and Ali. Oh, well, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 there's a lot of depth to the guy, so I think the fact that he can encompass all those different ranges should make a depiction of Deadshot pretty interesting. Because because even then, I mean, Deadshot could be quite a quite quite an interesting character in that he's not necessarily unhinged compared to some of the other types you've got you've got someone like Diablo who's who appears to be like really keen to keep his freakish abilities in check uh Enchantress is just bloody weird uh Harley Quinn we know about 
Um, but but dead shots are a little a little more grounded, a little more normal, if that makes sense. I'm no, sure. he is. Yeah, yeah, no, he is. I, I agree with that. He's not he's not lost his mind, which a lot of the others tend to have done. Do you know what I mean? They are um, well, you know, some of them are borderline psychotic and um, and evil and otherwise, you know, pretty different to what you're used to seeing as characters on on those kind of screens. I think. If the audience will bear with me briefly, I might talk about the director and they don't just turn off. Um, oh, go on now. Here we go. Um, so for me, the interesting part about it is that, <laughs> don't laugh at me, um, is that David Ayer has not, never done anything remotely like this. And what he normally does is quite intense, heavy dramas. Um, and it's it's quite interesting because... He does do action films of, of a sort, but, you know, he does kind of dramatic kind of action films, but they're not on this scale and they're not with any real massive elements of humour in them. So I'm going to be quite intrigued about his direction. He's certainly got the kind of CV for it. He's one of those directors that that does, you know, write the script, screenplay, you know, directs the film, is heavily involved in all processes. And I always think Could a director like that... Sing the theme tune? No, not quite. Huh. But but he does he does get heavily involved, which I, I would think directors it makes I don't know, it, it makes the project better when you've got someone that emotionally and, and you know physically invested into it, it's it's good. Um so his last well, he wrote Training Day for a start, which is anyone's CV is is pretty up there. But so he wrote and directed Fury, which is the army film that was out a couple of years ago, um, which is good. Brad Pitt, pretty big cast in that as well. And then he did a, a film with Christian Bale um, years ago called Harsh Times, which is really good. Uh, Christian Bale is on the, the verge of emotional and mental breakdown, um, which he plays extremely well, as he usually does. Um, and then my favourite film of his is a film called End of Watch, which is kind of an LA police drama. Um, it's got Michael Pena, who we like from Ant-Man fame. He does all those narratives that me and Sue love. Um, and Jake Gyllenhaal and, and other people in it. That film is what gets me excited about this film. Is because that, that film, one? Yes. Is, is it about the kind of gangs... In LA, um, the is it two about policemen, d- dirty cops, or something like one of them's, one of them's trying to get the other one to turn dirty, or something. I don't think they're quite that. Um, those two are probably the two honest kind of cops in it, ah, really. But right. it's it's the kind of kind of drug cartel and uh, different violence. But it's shot in a way that excites me about this because it's quite heavily. It's almost born shot. I know you've only watched one born film you know Stu because you've been out of touch of the world for 15 years but um, 14 years you <laughs> 14 um, but that kind of action style that cinema approach you know shot from the front of the car at times um, it's just a different way of, of directing films and, and got me quite excited about this because it's a director who's just quite serious heavy films trying to bring in some light in some ways you know because it is going to have some comic elements um, but if it can do the kind of action elements extremely well it's going to probably draw the audience it might not draw the the mass critical appraise but i don't think these kind of films as we've realized really rely on that do you know what i mean i think it's all about what sells i think the trailers and the way it's depicted and those kind of bold 
green writing and luminous kind of colours are probably the things that are going to attract a lot of people um, rather than the critical reviews, which I'm still excited, you know, to see what, what comes out of it. But there's my director take on things just because, you know, he's a great director and I think it'll be a good film because of that. So anything to add if you've seen any of those films, Marco? Because Stu hasn't. <laughs> um, I haven't seen many of the of, of the recent ones. In fairness, uh, I loved U five seven one, which you wrote, and yeah, which is an I like that film is atrocious. I actually do remember something about that film. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. I'm disagreeing with you on all counts. They're just bad form. This is no, bad this is film. good form. This is like a face off part. I've enjoyed this. I don't remember anything about the film. I remember because I read it on bloody Wikipedia a few months ago. That that film, that U five seven one, I remember it being advertised. They did a typical American thing, and they made it sound like the Americans did so much of the fucking intelligence work to bring down the Nazis, and completely ignored all of the work that happened at Bletchley Park with the code breakers and the Enigma machines, and that. Uh, that that's the only thing I know about it. It was just massively historically inaccurate, and apparently Tony Blair, then Prime Minister of the UK, actually called it something like a, an affront to the memories or something like that. So it, right. you know, when you don't, don't set Stu off, he's going to start talking about Braveheart in a minute. Now that oh, was fuck, fuck Braveheart. That was, <laughs> no one cares about that. No, 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 I was just going to say, um, um, you, you can edit out my I like use five seven one. I don't want to get in trouble with the UK government. <laughs> <laughs> I like training day as well, and that's all <laughs> I really can add. But well, 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 no. What I will say is, I think. Um, the the one thing the one thing I do like is is obviously the fact that uh, it 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 sounds like uh, David's uh, got some got some talent with the pen. So in 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 writing it, I think there there could be some interesting aspects. Yeah. Um, for someone like Scott, for someone like uh, in comparison with Zack Snyder, who visually is good, the storytelling not so much. The the, the I'm hoping, obviously, that this is going to be a little bit more consistent and a little bit better, better fleshed out from a storytelling perspective. Um, and also, like in fairness, I, I feel like I hate drawing comparisons to Marvel, but you know, it is what it is. This feels a little Guardians of the Galaxy to me, even the soundtrack. Um, and and it's fair enough, you know, the, uh, Marvel took a chance with James Gunn on, on on that film, so maybe this is sort of a similar tangent. Um, this. This, this very dark, I I can fun. see that. Yeah, I yeah. can see that. It's I mean, you know, Guardians was a surprise hit. Um, this probably has traces of, of of other films. It won't have Deadpool because it's obviously been produced and shot before. And it's Deadpool, got a PG you know, fifteen exactly. And Deadpool's kind of a rarity and a one-off. But it might have elements of, of Kick-Ass in certain ways because that was quite alternative. Um, we obviously did a pod on Sin City recently, so there are there are elements that films can fit into this genre and do you know be successful. But this is a fifteen, so it's not quite of your R-rated category. So I think while some of it might be quite dark and and some of the action might be quite intense, I think it'll be a bit more accessible, which I think is probably a smart move by DC because they'll they'll want the tickets. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, one thing I'd I'd like to know, uh, Marco, was there any any of the villains that have been included on the cast? Were any of those ve- uh, especially surprising for you? No, although I am really hoping that one of the surprises is that uh, it's that Deathstroke pops up because he's one of oh, the yes. ones I'm, I'm I'm really keen on. I really like Deathstroke from uh, from the games and some of the comics I have managed to get my hands on. That, I that think he'd be a really cool to be gathering traction. 
that that's yeah. really kicked off since this last um, emergency. Awesome, um, Charlie Schneider, the guy I always rave about. He he's done a video today and he's confirmed that there is a mid trailer scene. So after you you do the sort of the main guys, don't you? Where it says you know starring Will Smith, Margot Robbie, yeah, Jared yeah, yeah. or whatever. That then there'll be a mid credit scene before the the ten minute epic credits come up, and it's supposedly I, I've deliberately avoided reading any articles that tell you what it is. But already there's things up there what the Suicide Squad mid mid credit trailer means for the DC universe. So it supposedly sets up something, and one of the leading theories is that it's something to do with a certain Mister uh, Mister Slade Wilson, and that that would be interesting because he's arguably. He's probably one of Batman's maybe top three, top five hardest um, villains. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I mean, it's 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 one of those characters where look, I don't I don't necessarily expect uh, Ben Affleck to move anything like Charlie Cox does in Daredevil, but can you imagine those kinds of fights if they decide to channel it like that? Yeah, those would be so cool. If they those got if they nice. got the casting right on that, I mean, Deathstroke is phenomenally good character he, he wasn't he wasn't really done very well in uh, in Arkham Knight that that was one of the more disappointing things pretty much his whole involvement in the game is in a tank but from a from a character point of view look at the way he was done by Manu Bennett on uh, on Arrow the way you saw him go from a, a yeah. sort of a, a normal sort of mercenary type to being really removed and withdrawn and then they, they brought in the the tactical side and the intelligence, and then you've got all the other stuff with Batman. He, he is so clever, and hasn't he said in the past that Batman is is his most worthy adversary? He's the only person that he ever feels has actually been worthy of him and has ever actually gone toe to toe with him on a like on a level footing. And that that seems to be a pretty high praise from a guy with you know such a record of battering the shit out of. It's, it's rare. Years. It's rare that I would say DC has many ups. On, on Marvel, I mean, there's a lot of elements it could it could be, but villains-wise, always love the kind of Batman, this genre of villains. I think there's just so many great ones that need to be portrayed, and I think he's one that could be done really well, you know, on both sides of that, because, like you said, Stu, you know, you can see those elements, particularly in Arrow, and it was really well, you know, um, played in Arrow, I think, you know, you saw a lot of the elements that you'd like to see on on film, and I, I think it'd be really good. Um, our old friend um, Ezra Miller is credited in this Ooh. film. Yep. Yeah. So that, he's supposed to be in at some point, and that that again, uh, Marco said before, if if Batman versus Superman had just not shown Doomsday and not shown Wonder Woman, they've done a very good job considering the film comes out in a matter of days. And it's only just in the last maybe 48 hours that I've seen any mention of the Flash being in Suicide Squad. So for them to have kept that close to their chest in this day and age where everyone is using tele lenses to, to take photos over walls and of sets, if they've managed to film a scene with him in and keep it quiet, then they should be applauded for it because that is some seriously, you know, good security. Yeah, no, no, it's difficult, on. man. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree entirely. I think... It's it's quite interesting how they're going to try and combine it because obviously we talked about Justice League trailer and Wonder Woman and starting to hot up really for DC, isn't it? So I think I think this could be this could be a Guardians, you know, for them, it, you know, in terms of another story that that may link in. Obviously, it's going to link in with Batman, but. 
but maybe something they could take on in the future if it's successful, which I think we hope it will be. And yeah, I think it could be a big hit. Like I said, it's it's a good time for release. I don't see much that's going to get in its way and it's got a kind of clear run of things for the, the rest of the summer, really. So yeah, should be should be huge. Um, any final thoughts? I can't believe we're going to wrap in actual reasonable time today, but anything else we want to cover before we go? After you, Marco. Well, all I was going to say is just, you know, the it'll be curious to see how this affects the, the wider DC universe. Um, you'll recall, Stu, that, that that was one of my big concerns and and uh, so, so sort of one of the things I was, I was looking for at the same time is to, trying to get some clues about uh, are DC just putting together all these, well, DC and Warner Brothers really, uh, putting together all these films sort of in a, in a haphazard collective way just because Marvel is doing it across across the valley or is it going to be pro- properly part of a cohesive plan because I mean yeah. all the trailers all the trailers from Comic Con are very encouraging Wonder Woman is very good uh, Justice League looks th- th- there's a lot of things that look very similar to to aspects of Civil War and the Avengers fair enough but uh, but maybe just you know there's certain ways of doing things and you can't get away from it but at the same time, I mean, there, there were things to, to genuinely get you get one excited about the whole the whole setup. So, I just the the, the funny thing is, I I can't recall how, sort of the timings of it. But but for for me personally, maybe you guys had a different experience. But I remember hearing about this one before Batman vs Superman. So it 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 was a bit weird for me because I actually heard about. Uh, the big one uh, afterwards, and then obviously uh, BBS came out before it, before Suicide Squad. So um, I am I am curious to find out sort of just how this is all going to fit in and how it's going to tie together to a larger universe. Uh, particularly, I mean, do things uh, head into Justice League? I would assume that will they affect um, the Batman film as well? Uh, so th- those aspects, I'd be very keen to see um, how they develop. Stu and yourself. Uh- similar i'm very excited for it i'm very very curious to see how they're going to link this in i hope uh, as marco's just said that they've got a plan behind behind the scenes we, we you've got to hope we, got a we, plan. we've yeah. theorized haven't we that, that somewhere in you know la or something there is some kind of a warehouse and the marvel executives and you know james gunn and kevin feige they've got all these little cards all over this wall with all the little bits and nuggets that tie everything together and they've got pieces of string saying, well, this bit links into this in Guardians, but then this links into Infinity War, and they're planning the next 10 years out. And I hope that DC have got the same, and they've gone, you know what? Everything we've done up to this point has been mostly awful. We've just got to get away from it. We've got a footing now with Batman versus Superman. We've got a Batman that people like. We've got a Superman that people tolerate. We've got these new exciting characters coming in. <laughs> We've got a lot of good stuff going forward. We're getting some traction with the Justice League trailers. Wonder Woman is going to blow people's minds. Let's really go at it. Right, we've got Deadshot coming in. We can use him in Batman. You know, We've got Harley Quinn coming in. We can use her in this. If they haven't, then it's just going to be the same old. This will be the, the latest in, in a reasonably long line. It will be a good standalone film like the, the Dark Knight films were. But in the wider sense... There will be no, it, it, the, the phrase has come up, hasn't it? You've got the MCU and you've got the DCEU, the DC Extended Universe. If they can't tie this in, then they don't have an extended universe because they, they just keep stuttering. It's like Liverpool, isn't it? They, they seem to have started from scratch, but then they don't really have the traction to go right. 
we've got film one. How do we get two, three, four, five, six out? And how do we keep them all together under this one umbrella? If they do it, absolute smash. And, and they could set themselves up for the next 10 years. I, I, I think I think that's that's fair, mate, to be honest. I, I It's difficult because Batman trilogy was incredible and, and Nolan being completely in charge of that and having kind of free reign meant that it was almost perfect. But they never really, because he was so adamant that he wouldn't move away from just free films and because Bale didn't want to be involved uh, further forward, I, I think Which they just didn't know... Thing. Well, it is, but obviously the guy's got other aspirations and other ideas, and um, I kind of understand that. I think the three films, you know, it's a lot of cinema and it's a, probably a, a lot of kind of shooting time and, and promotion and everything else that goes into it. So um, I do understand it when actors move away after a trilogy because trilogy it was a it was a big part of you know all the people involved really. Um, but there were elements. I mean, we talked about it before that. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt's a really talented actor and he, he didn't get to move on and do anything else. Um, there was obviously talk about Anne Hathaway's Catwoman, who was, was really good. And there was, there was scope there to then kick on and make films and develop. And they've just basically torn up whatever they could have done and started from scratch. And, and I think that's disappointing in many ways, but if they get it right, there's still some really positive elements to come out of it. Um, I think we're all a little bit surprised they went for the jugular and did Batman versus Superman first, but they can still kind of get it right. You know, they can still, they introduce the characters as well, you know, the Flash and Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And, and I think Justice League shows good signs. So I think this film, I hope will be excellent and, and can lead on to other things. And, and the scope they've got again is, you know, the content they've got is huge. You know, they can make films, like you said, for 10, 15 years if they want, um, of, a, of a pretty superior standard, obviously making standalone films for all the, the guys we just mentioned. And the, there's going to be a lot of scope and a lot of potential there. It's just, it's just like you said, hopefully they're going to tie it all together because I don't think they have got, say, a Russo brothers or, or James Gunn who's, who's actively involved or a Kevin Feige, which is obviously crucial. Well, they've, know, well, they've got, um, Snyder's heavily involved though, isn't he? Like heavily, heavily involved. The, the, the big one is, the big one is Jeff Johns. Uh, I think Jeff Johns is actually, um, co-writing the Batman film with Ben Affleck. Yeah, he is. He is. So, yeah. but, but he's now being instilled uh, as Marco said. They, they have really gone, well, Marvel have just done this with Kevin Feige and they, they've given him some kind of really grand title. He's something like head of, he's got, it's like head of creative development or something. And basically he's going to sit above all the, uh, the, the individual projects. You know, say they've got 10 films planned for the next 10 years. He's going to sit above all of them and control the direction the way Kevin Feige does. So we make sure that what happens in a Captain America film, links in with a Thor film, which can then touch on a Guardians film and what have you. And he might not be directly involved, you know, but he he sort of acts as like, a, he's like a figurehead, isn't he? Like a godfather sitting atop. And I think I'm, as long as he's got enough say in it, which, and he's, he's, he's obviously capable, then it'll be good because I think the worry for a lot of people is, is Zack Schneider would take over. And a lot of people, he is Marmite to a lot of people in terms of his direction. Whereas actually... And you, I will force you eventually to watch some Ben Affleck directed films that he stars in because his directions is is incredible. He's won Oscars um, and he's been kind of famed for it as well as his kind of resurgence as an actor. Um, and I think him doing a standalone Batman actually, I'm really excited about that. 
Um, and I think this film with another director and, and Justice League and and what's to come, you know, I think there's 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 potential there. The only worry for me is there's already fallouts with directors in the Flash film and Aquaman's had some problems and you know, I hope they're just teething issues and they can they can move past that. It probably is because I don't think they've ever really tackled a a project like this, I don't multi-scale films. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is this is on a whole new level. When you look at what Marvel have done in the last eight years, they're staring at that now. Marvel are, are in phase three, and they're arguably one film into phase one. So they're they're staring straight into the abyss, aren't they? Going, oh my Christ, how do we do this? Whereas Marvel yeah. have had all those teething problems. They've had you know the problems with Natalie Portman um, in the Thor films. They've axed that. That the criticism they faced of say some of the sequels like Iron Man two and Thor two weren't very you know weren't up to the standard of the first films, but they've come through it. They've powered right through it, and they've now got themselves in a place where they can go right. They could probably do a Howard the Duck film now and make half a billion dollars on it because they've got the formula right. They know what to do. They know how to cast the directors, the scripts, and everything. And it must be daunting. I mean, you think if you if you are Jeff Johns, he must be sat there going. Christ, talk about pressure. And he, yeah, and he and you are right, off. mate. Yeah, you are right. But, Marvel do Marvel do face just, you know, they do face problems still. I mean, the Edgar Wright one is, is very famously known, oh, yeah. and I'm obviously very vocal in, in, you know, praise of Edgar Wright, but you've got to give it credit because, you know, Marvel stepped in, rightly or wrongly, but they still made it work. Do you know what I mean? They, they brought in another director. They smoothed the transition um, if we're talking football analogies, it's a little bit like a director of football, um, you know, exactly. managing the transitions. Do you know what I mean? And and, and that's the kind of thing. So um, I'll let Marco talk because we've been talking speed talking for ten minutes. <laughs> no, I was just going to say there's there's two ironies ironies with this. The 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 first one is um, unlike uh, uh, Marvel, DC have a far better situation with the rights. So I mean, if you think about it, the the that's MCU. True. I mean, the, the the MCU is actually missing two very massive components. Um, I'm not necessarily saying the Fantastic Four, everyone's cup of tea, but actually, in 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 an Infinity War respect or or, or that kind of story arc, uh, the Fantastic Four would have been actually quite uh, quite important in that, and and obviously they haven't been involved. The other weird thing is to observe to observe all the media as a whole, because I just get the sense that Marvel, on a comic level, are 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 making some strange decisions, whereas everyone is absolutely eating up what DC's doing on a comic level. So it's it's a bit strange how everything sort of you know is wrapped up together. So even though the the, the Marvel films are doing obviously fantastic things, um, it's 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 interesting to see how how sort of mixed reactions are coming in in some of the other some of the other mediums that they have. But you, you know what? At the end of the day, it's, 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 it's got to be about the strategy, right? I, I'd mentioned on, on the BBS pod that, that, you know, DC have to sort of decide. If they want to try and fast track their own, their own DCEU, fair enough. But then they've got to understand that if they're going to do that, they're going to have to really make things really tight and, and, and the quality's got to, got to overperform because that's far more difficult than the way Marvel did it around taking the time to introduce each character individually. Now, um, obviously there's a risk with that because you've got to get, you know, commitment to make 20 movies instead of 10 or whatever it is. But the point is, you know, the, the, these are the risks you take. 
and 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 sometimes they pay off. I mean, it, it, the the funny thing is with with Marvel is that not all their films have necessarily been been as as well received as you as you might sort of think. Um, uh, Stu made some examples, but but overall, everyone is really really excited and and delighted with the. With you know, with with the extent of the product and, and the amount of and and the, and the and the extent of the films being made. Exactly, man. Yeah, exactly. I think you know, there's there's so much scope and potential, and uh, you know, the DC wider universe is 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 got so many different elements to it, and and lots of things that lend itself well to cinema. Um, I think we've talked a lot about the way that Marvels depicted things and, and talk about Netflix in terms of the series working on that level. Um, we talked obviously Flash and Arrow and and the, the elements that, that make up, you know, DC in its TV form. But, you know, I think the, the cinema aspect of things, the kind of grand, larger scale characters, villains, everything that Marvel got in characters, DC have, have similarly got, if not better, because they've got Batman. Um, so... <laughs> you know, you go, no, he's the best. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? When you, you put it all out on the table, Batman is... Oh, Gags is going to hate that. <laughs> well, so be it. Um, don't edit this out, whoever does it. Um, <laughs> um, but that's that's the element of it, isn't it? You know, you've got the ultimate character, and I think if you can keep getting him involved and, and working on different areas and elements and the games and TV ties in, it's it's all going to be big for DC. And I, I, I hope, you know, Warner Brothers, you know, they, they, they're very successful and they, they won't want to have any failures. And, and I think they'll probably have learned a lot from Batman versus Superman, if I'm being honest. I don't know if Zack Snyder will, but I, I hope, you know, Warner Brothers as a whole have learned because there's a lot of good have. things that came out of it, but there are some things... That, you know, it's going to be teething problems. You can't get away from that. I mean, you, you've got to bear in mind a lot of what came out after Batman versus Superman was sort of ru- rumours and, and murmurs, wasn't it? But there was a lot of talk that um, from from people who sort of maybe have connections, you know, like the likes of certain YouTube channels or IGN or um, yeah. things like the comic book movie and, and other other such sites. They were saying that the 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 talk was that they had learned a lot from Batman versus Superman in terms of the marketing, the, the way it was shot. There was that rumor that came out, wasn't there, where they were told to go back and reshoot certain scenes to make yeah, it Yeah, lots funny. of talk about reshoots. And, yeah. and it turns out it, they were doing reshoots, but it wasn't to do with humor. It was just they were just doing reshoots because they no, weren't man. happy with the way it looked. All, all films, I'll be honest, nearly all films do reshoots. Exactly. It's just that in the age, like, you know, Star Wars Rogue One was doing reshoots and everyone had lost their shit. But, yeah. uh, you know, now you see behind the scenes, everyone goes, wow, it looks incredible. But and it's I think, one of those things, isn't it? You, you, you shoot something and on the day, yes, it looks good. But then when you put it together with the scene that goes before, before and after, if it doesn't look a hundred percent exactly how you've got it in your head, you've yeah. got to go back and reshoot it because you can't. Because otherwise, people will pick up on it. In this yeah, and it's and not age. even that. It's not. Yeah, that's the thing, man. It's this day and age where literally everything is under the microscope. I mean, that's the problem to an extent with these films um, and and this kind of audience um, that we we you know talk to. You know, but it's the fact like that basically. Well. It's it's the kind of impatience of waiting for the next, you know, wait, wait for the next clip or the next trailer or and then kind of ripping that apart. And it's like, well, 
wait till you see the finished product. And, you know, if we're going to talk about football, it's the same thing. It's like analysing a player in pre-season, like Lazar Markovic, if I'm going to do plugs. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then wait until the actual season and competitive football kicks off and you actually get to see if he's a shit player or not. Do you know what I mean? And that's the thing. You've just got to wait to see how it plays out. And um, I love doing these previews, actually. I think they've been really enjoyable this year. And we'll obviously do one for Doctor Strange. Um but it's it's good to see this, the kind of finished film and then come back and, and discuss it in, in length. And that's kind of what we, we're going to do. So um, let's wrap. Any plugs before we go? Marco, I'll come to you. Uh, well, there is that, that, that pod that uh, yes. I was on with about Lazar Markovic. You've kind of told that already. And there's nothing else, really. I suppose uh, uh, it's, it's not really on the, on the Anfield Index. No, hang on, wait a second. There's you can your... talk Walking Dead. You can talk Walking Dead. That's fine. No, I, I, I was going to say, your San Diego uh, Comic-Con pod was also yes. very, very so Thank you, mate. Please get, get a listen because so much awesome stuff came out of it. Uh, and it, it, it's quite interesting, especially... Um, to, to sort of get a sense of all, all, all the trailers and how you guys feel about the DC uh, TV series. That was quite funny. Um, and then <laughs> just just also for those who are very keen on, on, on comic book stuff, I would strongly recommend listening to IGN's Keeping It Real. Uh, I know it's a competing platform. Bear with me, but I'm just—it's—it's it's uh, fine. We're—we're we're not on that level yet. Let's be it, honest. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's a pretty—it's—it's it's a pretty cool pod uh, to listen to because one of the guys there has had access to, you know, for example, the Justice League set, and and he gives quite a lot of interesting stories about what they've been trying to do. Um, so if 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 you're interested in that sort of thing and, and how DC are trying to sort of create their path, it's it's quite interesting stuff to listen yeah. to. Me and yeah. Stuart just get jealous because it's kind of a dream, isn't it, Stuart? Oh, honest. absolutely. Yeah, the, the dream is that someone mentioning no names <laughs> gags pays for us to go to to Comic Con and we get to be sat there and I think it's Hall H. You know, when the Arrow and the Flash cast come out and and we get to be on the front row going, "Oh my God, Stephen and Mel, we love you." And then Rory throws his pants at someone and we get thrown out and it's really awkward. I know, but we'll get a selfie in there before we go. Oh, just of course we will. Just save some of the six-figure salary for, for, for the trip, why don't you? <laughs> I can't. I'm, it's it's this ludicrous lifestyle of keeping me in Cherry Coke and comics. I'm spending it all. I know, you should see his back cave. It's like literally, it's just ripped off the you know, Batman wow. Nolan trilogy. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, just you should see what he drives well. these days what he did to his car it's, it's just insane yeah um, right I, I've got no plugs I'm, I'm happy plugging this um, usual find us at www.aicomicpod.co.uk a uh, great new article from Joey Connors on there we're going to try and add some more things soon and then yeah um, at AI Comic Pod and then um, the Facebook one no one goes on Facebook except Stephen dog pictures yeah, that's it. We got on Instagram Facebook. yet? No, we haven't got Instagram yet. Jesus. We'll be having a LinkedIn next, guys. Just wait for that. <laughs> no, even I'm not going to go that far. Even I'm not that pathetic. Right, we'll anything. leave it with that. <laughs> yeah. Just edit that. Just edit yeah. that. So Stu sounds pathetic. Just, just edit it, in, please. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, we're all off to enjoy Suicide Squad in a few days, and then we will back with a review in a few weeks' time. Yeah, see you later.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.